Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. During the pandemic, protections for renters increased like eviction moratoriums and government programs like Unite CT that help pay rent for some residents who fell behind on their monthly payments. These programs have ended locally, but that hasn't stopped renters from advocating for better living conditions and fair rents in a housing market that continues to see skyrocketing prices and fewer apartments to meet demand. Today, where we live, we explore the rise of tenant unions in our state. A joint report from Connecticut Public and Connecticut Mirror's housing reporters finds five tenant unions have formed in our state over the last two years. Coming up, we talk to one resident who's part of a tenants union at Saramonte Estates in the town of Hamden. Residents there have been unhappy with management. The town's Fair Rent Commission will hold a meeting later this week to address their concerns. You can join us too, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WMPR. Or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Joining us first on Zoom is Camila Vallejo, Connecticut Public's housing reporter. Camila, welcome to the show. Hi, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. And also with us is Jenny Monk, children's issues and housing reporter for the Connecticut Mirror, who co-reported this latest story on tenants unions in our state. Jenny, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I wanted to mention also that Camila and Jenny are both core members with Report for America, and the stories that they worked on are on our website at ctpublic.org slash where we live. So Camila, I'll start with you. When we think about this local momentum around tenants unions, you know, is it tied to this broader labor movement uh, when we think about what's happening at Starbucks and Amazon warehouses? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, from speaking with advocates and tenants themselves who are organizing, they definitely pointed to um, the larger momentum that we're seeing across the country, uh, whether it's with Starbucks or Amazon, um, they feel inspired as they're seeing other people um, standing up for better conditions in general. And they figured, you know, um, living conditions is definitely something that could be bargained. It's also a contract. Um, so why not organize and, and fight back? And I think they Here in Connecticut, they've also been inspired by what's happened in New York in the last couple of years since the pandemic. You know, there was a rise of tenant unions as well, um, asking for rent to be canceled. And I think, um, you know, it it seems like to tenants, it's it's definitely worth uh, applying that here in Connecticut. Coming up, we'll hear from one uh, local renter, Paul Boudreaux, who helped organize at Saramonte Estates in Hamden. I believe you spoke with his wife, Greta, about uh, what you just shared. Let's hear what Greta had to say. I think that we all maybe realize from looking at other people who have done it successfully recently that it's something you can do. If you can get people together, if you can take collective action, then you can get things done. 
Let's focus on uh, another apartment complex in Bloomfield, Camila. Uh, you spoke with Donna Curry and her granddaughter. What was their experience where they've been living? Absolutely. So um, they moved in after experiencing housing insecurity and living in a hotel. And they figured, you know, this would be a great place for uh, her four-year-old granddaughter to grow up. And that was definitely the case at the beginning. But um, throughout the pandemic, the complex changed management. Uh, and since uh, their current management, Arba Equities, took over, Donna Curry said that, um, you know, it's, it, it definitely hasn't been what she imagined. You know, she's dealt with a lot of maintenance issues, whether it's a chipping bathtub or a water damage front door. Uh, she's dealt with um, not having a consistent lease. So she's on a month-to-month lease, which makes it um, a little bit harder to, to know that your rent is going to stay the same. And it makes it a little bit harder to fight an eviction. Um, you know, a lot of tenants in that, in that complex are, are receiving notices to quit, um, you know, whether it's, it's for late rent or for a variety of other reasons. And that really does create housing insecurity. And seeing that we have such a low vacancy rate in Connecticut, um, a lot of these tenants are left uh, with nowhere to go. I'm glad you brought up the vacancy rate in Connecticut. Can you tell us more, Camila, when we think about how there's so much demand but not enough supply? Absolutely. So this last quarter, Connecticut is actually the state with the lowest vacancy rate in the country. So only about 2% of units in the state are ready um, and available for renters that are looking for units. You know, the average uh, across the country is about 5%. So we really see that we're in a crisis here in Connecticut. Um, and, and it really just calls for more construction. And of course, that has its own uh, barrier, seeing that there's a supply shortage and labor shortage. So we're really in a, in a pickle here. Getting back to the Bloomfield apartment complex, uh, Ginny, you also spoke to another woman, Christine Pisani, who was actually evicted. Uh, what happened with uh, her her case? Yeah, so Christine was uh, very involved with the union. Uh, she has two daughters, a, a toddler and a teenager who uh, live at the apartment with her. Um, and she was evicted over the summer. Um, she and her landlord came to an agreement in mediation uh, during her hearing that that she would move out in August. Um, And, you know, it it was really tough for her. She she wanted to keep her kids in the school district. Uh, She was close to public transportation, but uh, they were able to find a a new place, um, not in the same school district, but but nearby. Well, that's good news. But when you think about the, the number of tenants in this particular uh, property that have been given notice to vacate, uh, again, as Camila mentioned, you know, it's, it's challenging trying to find a place uh, uh, when they're told that they have to leave. Yeah, definitely. Um, she she looked for several weeks with, with not much luck. Um, and, you know, I, I think eviction, it really disrupts your life. You you have to leave your home. Um, there was a time where she wasn't sure if they would have a place to go and she was moving her belongings into storage because she just didn't know if she'd have a place to put things like her furniture, her children's toys, 
things like that. And Jenny, I understand you took the lead on finding uh, public records to confirm a lot of this anecdotal information you're hearing from residents. Can you tell us about that process? Sure. So uh, we requested records both from Bloomfield and from Hamden, uh, police reports, housing inspections, both from the city and from the uh, housing authority. Uh, yeah, and it, it did took some time to get those records, but I, I think it was worth it. It confirmed a lot of the things that tenants had been telling us uh, pertaining to the conditions at both complexes. Mm. Well, again, when we think about uh, people that are living month to month on leases, they really have no recourse if if the managers are saying that they have to, to, to leave. And you know, what are some of the reasons behind that? Because they want to raise the rents, uh, Jenny? I'll start with you. Yeah, so I, I mean, you know, as, as you might note from the story, we didn't hear back from the landlords. Um, some sort of more general reasons uh, would be to to possibly raise the rent. Um, you know, if relationships have soured between a landlord and a tenant, the landlord might want the tenant out. These are just a couple of, of general reasons. And again, the property owners are Arba Equities that, that you did not hear back from in your reporting. Camila, what did you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, those are generally uh, the biggest reasons why uh, a tenant might receive a notice to quit. Um, I think during the pandemic, we also saw in Connecticut that no-fault evictions started to increase. So that's where, you know, a tenant might be paying their rent and they're a relatively good tenant, um, but their lease has expired and, um, you know, the, the landlord might just want them out. Um, so that's that's sometimes, you know, a really negative situation to be in because, you know, once that notice to quit is started, it, it, it definitely has lasting effects. At this Bloomfield apartment complex, Camila, you had mentioned, you know, some of the, the paint that was chipping uh, in the, the property uh, of Curry and her granddaughter. What were some other complaints that uh, tenants were um, telling you about that they didn't hear back from management? Yeah, so, I mean, some of the other complaints um, were that there was, like, construction debris across the property. Um, you know, the lawn wasn't kept. So, of course, uh, tenants didn't want their children out there. Um, also, they are continuously paying for a swimming pool and a gym and a game room that they can't use. Um, so that's another really uh, big complaint from the tenants. Uh, Another big complaint, uh, in a, in a, not necessarily in Curry's unit, uh, but in a building across the street from her uh, in the same complex, was that the the basements were flooding, and you know there was mold, and that wasn't being taken care of. A lot of tenants' properties were destroyed, um, and of course they lost access to that basement. So that's 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 kind of a you know what what tenants were seeing and continue to see. 
You're hearing Camila Vallejo here on Where We Live, Connecticut Public's housing reporter. Also here, Jenny Monk, children's issues and housing reporter for the Connecticut Mirror. They co-reported a story on the rise of tenants' unions in our state. You can join us if you have a question. If you rent, uh, we'd love to hear your experience and, you know, what, what the communication is, especially if these apartment complexes are owned by these out-of-state uh, companies. Our number, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. So I wanted to move on to, to New Haven, uh, Ginny, because when we think about uh, these tenant unions that have formed, I believe New Haven is the first municipality to actually recognize tenants unions. Tell us about that ordinance that was passed. Yeah, so the ordinance gives uh, tenant unions the power to uh, file complaints with the Fair Rent Commission as a, a group rather than as individuals. And I, I think that's really important um, for a couple of reasons. One, being we heard over and over again reporting this story how important it is for unions to have the support of governments, be that state, federal, local. Uh, and the other reason is that uh, it it sort of offers some protection to tenants if, if they want to file a complaint. Um, it can be intimidating, I think, to file a complaint as an individual and knowing that your landlord is going to know exactly who filed the complaint, but this says you can file a complaint as a group, which offers some protection there. And when we hear about fair rent commissions, is this something that a lot of municipalities have, Jenny? So this is something that more municipalities uh, are are putting together. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a bill passed in the legislature last session that says municipalities of a certain size need to have fair rent commissions. So uh, sort of a a more recent piece of legislation. Mm. So given that, what's your sense that other towns and cities are likely to to follow suit? Uh, I'm thinking about as we hear about uh, the Hamden situation and Saramonte Estates, Jenny. Yeah, so Hamden, uh, the the city officials there have shown some support uh, for the tenant union. a few of their officials have come to gatherings and they passed a resolution as well uh, in support of the tenants union. So I, you know, I think there's, there's some good communication and some good relationships being built there. Uh, Camila, when we think about uh, you know this um, this ordinance that was approved in this afternoon, uh, the mayor is joining the New Haven Board of Alders and the Fair Rent Commission for an official bill signing here. Uh, give us a little background on the tenant union that kind of uh, uh, propelled this uh, ordinance into being. Absolutely. So um, I think it, it definitely really started with Quinnipiac Gardens in New Haven. Um, you know they they. I spoke with one tenant there and she, you know, complained about uh, living conditions and how uh, Connecticut Tenants Union was really able to help them understand the rights they have, um, especially the Fair Rent Commission in New Haven. And so after, you know, a couple of tenants went through the process, they figured how nice would it be for us to be able to spread this information, seeing that there's so much um so many different steps to the process um, and how great would it be if we could support each other through that. And I think that's, that's when they presented the city with their demands. And then this past summer, um, New Haven Mayor Justin Elliker 
um, proposed an ordinance. And I think that that's what brings us here today. Um, the executive director of the Fair Rent Commission uh, in New Haven, Wigdalis Bermudez, has also been uh, very uh, involved in the process, and, and she's very excited to see other Fair Rent Commissions across the state follow suit. Again, you're hearing Camila Vallejo here where we live. She's Connecticut Public's housing reporter. Coming up, we're going to hear from the Connecticut Tenants Union, which is an organization helping local renters form tenant unions across our state. I want to thank Jenny Monk for joining us, children's issues and housing reporter for the Connecticut Mirror. Again, their story linked to our website, ctpublic.org slash where we live. Jenny, thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having me. You're listening to Where We Live. You can join us too, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. Or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. This is where we live on Connecticut Public. I'm Lucy Nopithanchel. Five tenant unions have formed in our state over the last two years as renters advocate for better living conditions and fair rent. The movement is not new. The Wall Street Journal reports tenant unions, also known as associations, have been around for more than a century, and they've been become more active in expensive cities with large renter populations. The Wall Street Journal spoke to Katie Goldstein, director of housing campaigns for the Center for Popular Democracy, who says hundreds of tenant unions have formed during the pandemic. Joining us now is an organizer with Connecticut Tenants Unions. Luke Melanakis Harrison joins us again, the Connecticut Tenants Union an organization working to demand stronger rights for renters. Luke, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Our listeners can join as well if they have a question or comment, especially if they rent, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. So Luke, tell us how you got involved in Connecticut Tenants Union and a little bit about what the membership looks like. Yeah, so I got involved in Connecticut Tenants Union as a tenant, uh, frustrated with a lot of things about my experience as a tenant. You know, I had to take my landlord to small claims court because uh, they refused to return our security deposit, which was an experience, an enlightening experience in terms of how difficult that system is to navigate. Went through multiple court hearings and was still never able to get my security deposit back because even when the judge you know, uh, awarded us a portion of what we were asking for. There was no strong enforcement mechanism to actually make the landlord pay us back. So that money was just gone. And a number of other experiences, just trying to find housing that I could actually afford that was in good shape in a place that I wanted to live. And that's just incredibly difficult. And so housing and the fight for housing justice and housing as a human right has become really central to, you know, my own experience in my life. I'd mentioned, mentioned at the top of the show, especially during the pandemic, there were a lot of protections for uh, people who rent. And so when we think about how the movement is growing, can you talk through, uh, you know, the fact that we now have, I believe, five tenant unions in our state? Yeah. So, you know, I think Connecticut Tenants Union started by knocking on folks' doors and saying, hey, how's, how are your housing conditions? How's your relationship with your landlord? How are you affording rent? And 
quickly finding that the issues that we were feeling were commonly shared. You know, I live in New Haven, uh, so I was involved in the Quinnipiac Gardens Tenant Union that started last summer. And that's how it started, just knocking on doors, talking to folks, and starting to pull people together for meetings. And again, it was this very widely felt frustration, both towards these absentee landlords who do nothing but collect rent, <laughs> uh, can't get them to show up to fix your, the mold in your ceiling, but as soon as you're late on rent, you better believe they'll show up. Um, and also a lot of frustration towards our city governments and the tools that you know, ostensibly exist to protect tenants, but are either sort of opaque and difficult to access or put tenants at risk. Because as was mentioned previously, when you file a complaint, your landlord's notified. And without, you know, robust protections around that, you're really putting yourself in a vulnerable situation with your housing on the line. So these issues were widely felt and that's where the momentum came from. Mm. Yeah, that was my next question, Luke, thinking about the, I mean, if you mentioned the tools that are in place and city government, municipal government to help uh, renters, you know, when you hear about uh, lead paint or mold, uh, you know, unsafe living conditions, you know, aren't municipalities supposed to have, you know, building code inspectors that are checking these properties and responding in a timely manner? That's not happening, uh, according to what tenants have, have told you? Yeah, yeah. Uh- it's really not in many cases, and I can't tell you how many stories I have on that front. First of all, all of these inspection processes are reactive and not proactive. So it's not like there's regular inspections of these buildings. It's only in response to tenants complaining, which again, many, many ten- tenants are reticent to do because you know your landlord now can single you out and just issue you a notice, a notice to quit for expiration of your lease, that's it. They don't have to say that it was because you you filed a complaint. Um, They can just say, well, your lease is up and we want you out. And for most tenants, that means they're out. So it's risky to try to file a complaint. But even if you do and try to get access to your health department or whatever agency in your town has jurisdiction, I can't tell you how many times we have submitted complaints and never heard anything back. Even in cases where we have had inspections done, there are many municipalities that actually have no enforcement mechanism. This is what we saw with the Wedgwood Tenants Union in Bloomfield. The health department came out and did some inspections, but had no enforcement power to actually levy fines against the landlord. They could send strongly worded letters, which the landlord had absolutely no incentive to pay attention to. So, you know, I just I just think about the extreme imbalance again where if a tenant fails to pay rent you know you'll have cops at your door putting you out on the street with all your belongings good luck with homelessness if your landlord falls down on their legal requirements and breaks the law the enforcement is largely non-existent in many cases you're hearing Luke Melanakis Harrison, again, an organizer with Connecticut Tenants Union. It's an organization working to demand stronger rights for renters as we talk about uh, this movement here in our state. You can join us, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. So when we think about the process of forming a labor union that's standardized under the National Labor Relations Board, Luke, you know, how does it work for tenant unions? How do they organize? And, and talk about you know why it's so key to have municipalities you know, like in New Haven that are backing uh, these um, tenants unions? Yeah, so I think what's similar between tenant unions and labor unions is the basic principles and the basic, uh, you know, understanding that how you get the changes you want to see in the world is by organizing people to demand them. 
what's different is that, as you mentioned, labor unions have a whole massive legal, legal infrastructure around them, national bodies that administer or, or oversee them. The landscape of tenant unions right now is pretty wide open. You know, until this past week, the only law on the books in the state of Connecticut that had anything to do with tenant unions was a single line embedded in an ordinance saying that your landlord can't retaliate against you for joining a form, joining or forming a tenants union within six months of doing that, they can't retaliate. That was the only mention of tenant unions in, in the law. Um, so this ordinance that New Haven just passed is significant both for the immediate you know, effect that it's going to have, but also just because it, it, it sort of puts tenant unions in the discourse kind of on the table as something that tenants can do. But what's exciting to us as Connecticut Tenants Union is that, you know, the definitions are not so rigid and fixed, and there's actually a lot of room to maneuver and operate. Really, a tenants union at this point is tenants who share the same landlord getting together and deciding that, you know what, we want to fight as a group and not as individuals. And we're going to act collectively and use our power as renters, as people who pay rent every single month to demand better from this landlord-tenant relationship. Camila Vajejo is still with us, Connecticut Public's housing reporter. Camila, I'm wondering if you can respond to what Luke has shared so far and some of the, the stories you've heard from renters in your reporting. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, um, tenants definitely have uh, told me how they they definitely submit complaints to the health department and to uh, building inspectors and you know, it takes a while for them to go out to the units. And when they do, they might do a walkthrough with maintenance and, and say, hey, you really need to fix this. But in the end, there's not really much enforcement. Um, and I think Jenny and I uh, definitely saw that when we requested um, health department, uh, you know, public records. We saw that, uh, you know, tenants were complaining and it, it took a couple weeks or a couple months to get things that are relatively easy to fix um, kind of, you know, closed. So, so I, I think I, I, I definitely agree with what Luke said. Um, and, and I think that's why it's so important that uh, New Haven is taking the step um, when speaking with the executive director of the Fair Rent Commission, uh, they uh, expect that the uh, ordinance will help about 10,000 units in the, in the city, um, you know, uh, the tenant un- a tenant union is defined as a, a, an organization of tenants in uh, complexes of 10 or more. Um, so, of course, you know, that might exclude a couple people um, or a couple units, especially those units that are a bit smaller, especially those units that are owner-occupied. Uh, so if the owner lives in that unit as well, that means that they won't be recognized as a tenant union. So... Um, there's still a, a, a far way to go, but I think it, it's it's a really important step that New Haven is taking. When we look at the New Haven ordinance, uh, Luke, uh, so tell us now moving forward, are landlords required to engage with the tenants union? And is that where the Fair Rent Commission comes into play? So no, landlords are not required uh, to, to engage with the tenant union. And I do want to emphasize that while this ordinance is valuable to us, it's really just a starting point, Like there's so much more ground that we need to cover. What this ordinance does is empower tenant unions to engage with the Fair Rent Commission as a group, 
which does not facilitate collective bargaining, which is something that we would love to see down the road. It facilitates submitting complaints about unfair rent hikes or uh, neglected repairs. So essentially it allows tenants to submit evidence together and demonstrate a pattern of landlord negligence, abuse or retaliation, and you know, kind of establish a precedent and again, protect tenants by going in as a group rather than being isolated as individuals. Now I'll again emphasize that for, for Connecticut Tenants Union, the, the stipulations about it needs to be 10 units or more, um, you know, that applies to the Fair Rent Commission. That does not apply to our understanding of tenant unions and tenant organizations. Our understanding of that is much broader uh, as you, you know, by the name Connecticut Tenants Union, which is essentially the collection of all of our apartment complex based tenant unions coming together as a, as a unity. Um, but I do want to emphasize that, that the ordinance is valuable, but it's just a stepping stone for us. And so what are some, if you don't get the kind of resolution you're looking for with the help of the Fair Rent Commission, you know, what are some other avenues? Are rent strikes considered, Luke? Rent strikes are, are absolutely considered. I mean, similarly to a labor union where the ultimate weapon is to withhold your labor same the same principle applies for tenant unions. The ultimate weapon is to withhold your rent. And, you know, I just, you know, for us in the same way that the way we look at labor is labor is the power that generates the wealth that the corporation uh, acquires in the same way. The rent that tenants pay is the source for the landlord's wealth. And so for us, you know, it's, it's just ludicrous and unjust that tenants pay rent every single month while they are, in so many cases, watching their apartment fall down around them or getting a rent increase. You know, we just, in, Sar in uh, Saramonte, in the Hamden complex, we're seeing rent increases of 800, even in one case, $1,500 at a time. Those are extreme cases. A lot of times it's 200, 400, all of which are very burdensome to tenants whose wages are not going up. Uh, and I'd like to emphasize that too, that when you look at how rents have skyrocketed and compared to wages, which have remained largely stagnant, tenants look at that and say, wow, my landlord is just grabbing more and more of my income every single month. And my housing conditions are getting worse, not better. This is not fair. I'm done with this. And again, that's kind of where the impetus for the tenant organization has come from. Mm -hmm. So when we think about the, the New Haven situation, and then we'll be learning more about Cermonte uh, coming up uh, where we live. And again, this is a, a complex in, in the town of Hamden. You know, it does seem that the conversation then moves to the municipal side. So do tenant unions still want to have the ability to negotiate directly with property owners? We do. And I'll say, you know, we've turned to the municipalities because confronting these mega landlords that are, you know, own often thousands of properties spanning multiple states who knows where they live. It's extremely difficult to actually find information about a lot of these people. They use these kind of shadow companies that all have different names. And uh, these, these are massive entities. I mean, Mandy Management in New Haven is traded as a stock uh, in, you know, in a foreign country. And that's where thousands of New Haveners live. So we've turned to municipalities just to try to get some more immediate response. Uh, we, we, you know, our long-term vision is certainly collective bargaining and dealing with landlords uh, directly. We've kind of tried to get support from our government along the way as we continue building the momentum and building the power that can tackle these landlords head on. 
ESPN. You're listening to Where We Live as we talk about uh, this movement of more tenant unions uh, forming here in our state. Our number, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. We did hear from Joe on Twitter, Luke. He writes, I was astounded at the brazenness with which our landlord, our, a large company with buildings in New Haven, Hartford, and other states, failed to provide hot water and at one point running water. It literally drove us out of the city, which we wanted to continue to give a chance. I'm wondering if you can respond to that. It sounds like Joe had the ability to leave. Um, some of the tenants you're working with don't have that ability. Right, and, and that's a, that kind of story is, is a common experience. And again, it's just so frustrating when you're paying rent every month that your landlord won't keep up a basic standard of habitability. And it, it's very difficult to move. It's, it's very difficult to get the money together to do the security deposit and first and second, you know, and a huge amount of money up front to just move into a place. Uh, even the application fees really start to add up. Some of these places charge over $100 to submit the application and you never get it back, even if you get denied. Um, often these landlords, as was my own experience, do not return your security deposit. So that's another, you know, couple thousand dollars that you don't get back. And just the, the finances of moving are just really difficult, not to mention the human cost. People don't want to take their kids out of school. People don't want to live further from their job or have to go get a new job. People don't want to take their elderly relative out of their support system where they have a whole system of care set up. I mean, I can't emphasize enough how traumatic and devastating it is for a family to have to uproot their entire life because either their apartment is in utter shambles and they, you know, people, people in their family are getting sick or because their landlord just decides to jack the rent up all of a sudden and now they can't afford to live in the place where they've been often for years or decades at a time. Uh, we heard from John Souza, who's president of the Connecticut Coalition of Property Owners, also a full-time landlord. Now, he did not provide comment on behalf of the coalition, but as a property owner, he shared, quote, a tenant union is unnecessary as the tools for a group of tenants to band together to solve poor living conditions exist already. And he noted the statutes allowing for joint negotiation by tenants. Uh, Luke, can you respond to that? Uh, I'm completely unfamiliar with any statute that allows for joint negotiation by tenants. Um, again, the only law in the books in Connecticut that even mentioned tenants unions was that one I mentioned previously about protecting tenants from retaliation for forming one. Um, so, you know, I would just say in response to that, you know, uh, our, our goal is not to compromise or, or uh, you know, have a perfectly harmonious with landlord, uh, relationship with landlords. That's not our ultimate goal. Our ultimate goal is housing as a human right and as a social guarantee. So we're gonna we're gonna fight until we get that. And uh, John Souza, you know, <laughs> I don't know. That, that that I guess that's all I have to say to that is that we're not gonna stop here. And um, tenants unions are one part of our tool bag in fighting for a world where housing is a human right. He also uh, told us, uh, Luke, uh, quote, it seems to me that this proposal is directed at landlords raising rents and tenant advocates wanting to arm tenants by banding together to bring fair rent commission complaints. John Souza says everyone is being squeezed by rising prices and inflation, including us, property owners. The solutions are simple but hard to do. 
So when we think about, again, uh, these tenant unions moving forward uh, and some of these uh, municipalities recognizing tenant unions, you're really looking at these larger uh, apartment complexes here and not what we think of as, you know, small um, property owners in our state? So far, most of our tenant organizing has been focused on kind of the larger corporate landlords. Um, again, as, as I just said, our goal is housing as a human right and the social guarantee. So we're not excluding any landlords who want to get in the way of that. But so far, our organizing has been focused on kind of the mega landlords that own huge amount of units in our towns. Coming up, we're going to talk more about a situation in the town of Hamden and hear from a resident who lives at Saramonte Estates. Uh, uh, but when we think about uh, Camila, who's still with us, Camila Vallejo, who's Connecticut Public's housing re- reporter, uh, there's a new Connecticut law that requires cities with at least 25,000 residents to have fair rent commissions. And according to Hearst, are, quote, vested with the power to adjust rents if they find any single landlord is pursuing abusive practices and setting rates. What can you tell us where this process stands, Camila, for towns and cities? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, that like like Jenny mentioned earlier in the show, that's a relatively new um, law as of this last uh, legislative session, I believe by next summer, um, municipalities that have. 25,000 people or more should have those commissions up and running. Um, You know, up until this point, there were some towns and cities that had those commissions, but, you know, they weren't operating as they should um, or, you know, they weren't taking um, complaints enough frequently. Um, So I think this this law really hopes to, uh, you know, get the ball rolling and really uh, give tenants a recourse to, um, complain, you know, I think it's also important to note that it's, it's not just e- as easy as submitting a complaint. Uh, the Fair Rent Commission um, evaluates, um, I believe, around 10 different uh, factors. Um, you know, the market rate uh, rents in the area, how many units are in the complex, um, you know, if, if the property might need some maintenance. You know, it really does evaluate a variety of things, and it kind of acts like a mediator between uh, landlords and, and tenants in hopes of, you know, kind of halting an excessive rent increases increase, but also acknowledging that, that things are getting a little bit more expensive. You're listening to Where We Live on Connecticut Public. That's Camila Vallejo, Connecticut Public's housing reporter. Also with us, Luke Melanokis Harrison, an organizer with Connecticut Tenants Union. After a break, we learn more about a situation in the town of Hamden. You can join us, too. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. You're listening to Where We Live on Connecticut Public. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. We've been talking about the, the rise of t- tenant unions in our state and the reasons why local renters are starting to join these tenant unions. Joining us now is a local resident who lives at Saramonte Estates. This is an apartment complex in Hamden, Paul Boudreaux, who organized to form Saramonte Tenants Union. Paul, welcome to the show. 
Good morning. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little about what you and your wife experienced and what led you to organize at Saramonte Estates. Well, um, let me start off by congratulating New Haven Tenant Unions for passing their ordinance. Um, that's an amazing get for all of us. Anytime anybody anywhere makes progress in housing, we all do. Um, how it started? Well, uh, back in March around 2020, um, I had been home. Uh, I had fallen in the parking lot, which was typically unplowed, and I was home with a back injury, and I realized that all our cars were getting towed all of a sudden. Um, when I looked out the window, there was literally like a, a, a convoy of, of tow trucks and, and cars leaving, uh, tenants' cars, where the management had chosen to retaliate against people who were asking for repairs by towing all their cars. Um, soon after that, we started looking for ways we could protect ourselves. Um, at first, to be honest, it, it was just my wife and I trying to protect ourselves. And then we realized that everyone needed protection here. Um, and we started looking for tenants unions. Um, we had heard about ones in Brooklyn. I had heard about one out in San Francisco. And I thought we need one here. Um, and I, and, and back then in, in like March of 2020, I started Googling like everybody else would. And I found next to nothing uh, about how to organize a tenants union. Um, I found links to lawyers. I found links to uh, the San Francisco tenants union, the Brooklyn tenants union. Um, and we started reaching out to people. We had reached out to one of our council members in Hamden, uh, Justin Farmer, who uh, actually directed us to the Connecticut Tenants Union finally, and that was in January of this year. Um, we, so since you've, Paul, since you've organized, what have you experienced with Saramonte Estates Management? Are they responding, um, if at all, to the, the complaints from um, people who rent there? Um, their response is generally retaliation, whether it's, it, it, whether it's threatening eviction, whether it's actual eviction, uh, we've been served three times with a notice to quit because of our organizing activities. Um, we're on our third now. We're we're waiting for our uh, hearing date for our eviction so that we can fight that as well. Um, they raise rents. Uh, the rents have gone up astronomically. Um, one one renter's uh, rent has been increased fifteen hundred dollars a month. Uh, the the average seems to be four to six hundred a month increases. Um, that's thirty to fifty percent uh, increases, it, it, and they're not sustainable. Like Luke had said earlier, like it, it's not like our incomes are going up that much, right. um, and nothing's getting done here, and nothing has been done in, in years. Um, anything that is done is just superficial, basically, mm -hmm. and and we needed we needed to protect ourselves and to get these things done. We, we we needed to protect our community, basically, is what it comes down to. And I understand now that the Hamden's uh, Fair Rent Commission is meeting uh, this week, a virtual meeting. Uh, Camila Vallejo is still with us. So tell us about, uh, you, know, you know, what the town has, how they've responded to these longstanding issues at Saramonte. Um, the, the response has been peppered i mean we've we've gotten a lot of um good thoughts <laughs> basically and 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 um 
you know, we've been told they're behind us. Uh, we had a resolution passed, but we found a resolution is not an ordinance. A resolution uh, doesn't have any might behind it. So we're still struggling to work with town agencies, even though this resolution was passed that they should work with us. Um, we're still struggling to work with the Fair Rent Commission as we speak and trying to work as a union with them, even the resolution specifically says they should. Um, so while we've made some gains, we, we need to make more. And, and we need to, like I said, we need to be able to, to collectively organize and negotiate with with the landlords and with the fair rent commission um it's a huge process that's not easily navigated by an average person i mean i'm very fortunate to at least have enough experience to be able to figure these things out but not everyone has that life experience right. unfortunately uh, and camila videjo you're still with us so what can you tell us about you know what you're hearing from residents and how the town has responded camila yeah absolutely so uh, you know, definitely what, what Paul just mentioned. Uh, it seems that Hamden, um, as a town, has been uh, open to, you know, working with tenant unions. I think, um, you know, looking at the situation in other cities and other towns, um, you know, tenants that are looking to organize and are complaining to um, their their local government, they're not seeing that much support. Uh, so I think it, it definitely is worth noting that Hampton uh, seems to want to work with uh, the tenant union. You know, like like Paul mentioned, there was a resolution uh, where uh, the government really um, laid out that they would like to support the commission, the the, um, the tenant union. Um, of course, that's not like an ordinance where it's it, it's a it's a law in the local government. Um, so hopefully, that's the follow up. Mm. And you also contacted Saramonte Estate Owners North Point Management Corporation. Did you hear back, Camila? Unfortunately, we did not hear back. We also reached out to them uh, before this show, and we did not hear back as well. And so, again, uh, some of the primary issues that uh, Paul went over, excessive car towing, uh, these lease renewals and maintenance, uh, those are some of the complaints that you've heard of as well. Yeah, you know, that, that, that seems to be the biggest issue. I, I think, like Paul mentioned, uh, something that they were specifically seeing at this complex was, uh, you know, retaliatory evictions. Um, so, you know, basically because of their activities, uh, you know, they're receiving notices to quit, mentioning that, you know, their lease is up and it's time for them to leave. Um, and, you know, they, they like, they don't explicitly have to say that it's because of their organizing. So I think that's, that's, that's definitely uh, one of the biggest complaints that I've heard. Uh, Luke Melanakis Harrison, an organizer with Connecticut Tenants Union. He's still with us on Zoom. Uh, Luke, I'm wondering if you could just chime in before the end of the show here when we think about, you know, this, this meeting happening uh, with the Fair Rent Commission in Hamden. You know, what do you want to see come out of this meeting and, and how the town should be responding? Yeah, I, I mean, I want to. I want the union to be able to make the case that these rent increases are absolutely egregious and ridiculous, considering the behavior of management over the past two years since they acquired the property. I want to demonstrate that you know tenants should be getting money back, not paying more. They've been paying for services that they haven't received. They've been paying for retaliation and mistreatment and 
neglect and you know the idea that they would then get a rent increase after all of this uh, terrible behavior on behalf of management um, is is absurd and i really hope that that comes across to the fair rent commission and the union will be prepared to make that case Paul, we just have about a, a less than a minute. So when you when we hear about this meeting happening on Thursday, you know, what are your plans for that meeting? Are you confident that the commission will be able to respond to some of these these concerns from renters? Um, I hope they will. We're preparing the tenants for the meetings now, um, making sure that you know finding the the uh, parts of the ordinance where um, the landlord. Uh, isn't like holding up their end of the bargain and, and trying to make it well basically streamline the process so that residents do get to say their part and and are able to do that in a way that the 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 fair rent commission can understand um you know we we hope they realize that you know we're just being treated as commodities that you know they've they've completely just commodified like the housing market here and especially at saramonte we're just widgets um, we're just profit, and if we're not profit, we get evicted. Mm-hmm. And we hope the Fair Rent Commission will see that. Well, Paul Boudreau, thank you for sharing a little bit of your story here with us. Again, Paul lives at Saramonte Estates in Connecticut. He organized to form Saramonte Tenants Union in Hamden. Paul, thank you for your time on the show. Thank you. Also, Camila Vallejo, Connecticut Public's housing reporter and a core member with Report for America. Uh, Camila, thanks for your reporting. We appreciate the context you're providing us. Thank you so much for having me, Lucy. And a final thanks to Luke Melanakis Harrison, an organizer with Connecticut Tenants Union. Thanks, Luke. Thanks so much. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Today's show produced by Katie Pellico. Our technical director is Kat Pastor. You can download Where We Live anytime on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening. Thank you.